welcome to this uh, special Kingdom Life Leadership Stream video. Unfortunately, the video from uh, last Wednesday uh, didn't record properly, so we're doing uh, an extra special uh, studio re-recording uh, of that teaching. And so this teaching is on fivefold leadership, so speaking on the fivefold ministry uh, in the church and also how that applies to leadership in the world as well. So oftentimes, probably this concept of the firefold has been applied uh, simply in the uh, equipping function of kind of equipping people within the church or even raising up uh, different, uh, those different giftings, uh, whether it be the apostle, prophet, evangelist, shepherd, and teacher, but really in the church context, in a church leadership context. Uh, but I think it's important that we understand that as we are all shaped by Jesus in different ways, we have the opportunity to apply uh, these different uh, giftings uh, out in the world, uh, and also that we understand that the, the, the ultimate purpose is that we would be formed into the likeness of Jesus and then go and represent Christ to the world. So reading from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 16, it says, And Jesus, so He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into Him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. So there are several things that this verse describes as the purpose of the fivefold. The important thing is we understand uh, that these are appointed by Jesus. So when we think of the kind of office of the apostle, or the office of the prophet, the office of the pastor or teacher or evangelist, uh, we're understanding that there are certain people who will carry a, a leadership gift in combination uh, with that gift from Jesus in the fivefold. And their role is to equip other people to um, not just be raised in their particular gifting, but really to shape the entire body of Christ to come into maturity. So there are certain things. Obviously, the role of Jesus giving the fivefold is to equip or to align. And that's, uh, uh, in the Greek, it's, it's like a chiropractic adjustment, a bone adjustment. So I like to think of it as really just keep Jesus keeping things um, in line with, with kingdom values, uh, with his intention, with his DNA of what he wants the church to look like and the church to be. So one of the roles of the fivefold is to bring um, the body of Christ into alignment, that we don't go off and become simply just an apostolic movement or just a, a pastoral movement or just an evangelistic movement, but that we carry all of those dimensions of Christ. And they really are kind of five aspects of who Jesus is, uh, and he, he kind of spreads them out into the church. And the point of it is that it would bring it back to unity. So that's another important uh, value is, is creating unity, uh, within the body of Christ. So again, us all sharing the same values, being on the same path uh, and maturity. So if we don't have the fivefold ministry operating in the church, we, we're not going to come to a place of maturity. Uh, we might mature in one of those aspects or a few of those aspects, but the body of Christ isn't going to come into the fullness of Christ unless it has these different gift sets operating. So it's really, really important uh, that we understand the, the, the role of the fivefold 
And that is the ultimate um, kind of desire of Jesus and, and what Paul would be expressing in, in these verses is that they would come into the fullness of Christ. So that's our desire is that the world would see the fullness of Christ. It's our desire that people would experience the fullness of Christ, that we would walk in the fullness of Christ. Uh, our, our role as, uh, as ambassadors of the kingdom, our role as disciples of Jesus is that we would uh, experience, embody, and then express the fullness of Christ to, to the greatest measure that we can. And that's obviously an ever-increasing uh, measure as we follow Him, but, but we want people to know Jesus. Uh, and again, not just in the context of the church, but everywhere that we go. God's desire is that His kingdom would come and His will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And this is kind of part of that process. We don't want God's kingdom to come uh, and, and not carry the, the values of, of heaven, the, the heart of God. Otherwise, really, the kingdom isn't coming. So as we look at then the a, a kind of breakdown of the different um, kind of attributes of, of the fivefold, and I've got some uh, terms here. This is from uh, a guy called Alan Hirsch, who's a missiologist and author and has written a lot about the fivefold ministry, uh, in particular in his book 5Q, uh, which you can go and, uh, and read yourself. But these are just some short um, kind of descriptors of what the different fivefold uh, giftings, their, their kind of intent uh, within the body of Christ uh, to equip people. So in Greek, the, 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 the term apostle uh, quite literally means sent one. So as the name itself suggests, it is the quintessentially missional uh, kind of expression of, of the church. So that kind of movement, expansion, uh, reaching out, growing and connecting. Uh, so the name itself uh, is, 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 is designed, like within, literally within the name, to be a sent one, is to understand, okay, we're, we're, we're moving, we're being sent. Even as Jesus said in the Scriptures, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. He, he has apostled His people to live as sent ones, not to live um, just kind of gathering and huddling together, you know, waiting for the end to come, but to actually be out there carrying the kingdom of God, carrying the message of the gospel of the kingdom out into the world. So it's very much a pioneering function of the church. It's the capacity to extend Christianity as a healthy, integrated, innovative, reproducing movement, ever expanding into new cultures. So we understand if, the, if that apostolic dimension wasn't present, the church kind of would have stayed in, in Jerusalem, would have stayed around those regions. Uh, but as the apostles understood their calling as kind of envoys of the kingdom, then they, they naturally would, would reach out and extend the boundaries of the kingdom. So God's kingdom is an ever-expanding kingdom, uh, and, and part of the role of the apostolic is to uh, keep us focused in on that expansive dimension of the church. It's a custodial ministry. It's a guardianship. So this ministry is therefore also profoundly interested in the ongoing integrity of the core ideas. So the DNA or organizational principles or the, the kind of meta ideas, the big ideas that generate and maintain systemic health across the organization. So again, the apostolic has a... Um, has a kind of focus, a value set that really wants to keep the organization healthy, the organism healthy as well, and, and keep it on track. So that is the apostolic dimension of the fivefold. Then we have the, the prophet or the prophetic function. So again, we might have prophets in the church, but everyone is called to be prophetic because we are all being shaped to become apostolic because Christ is apostolic. We are all being trained to become prophetic because Christ is prophetic. We're all called to be evangelistic because Christ was the one who came proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, evangelizing the world. We are all to be shepherds like 
the great shepherd in Jesus. We are all to be teachers, to, to have understanding, to be communicating truth to the world. So keeping in mind this is not about one over the other, one being more important than the other. I think it, there are, will be times and seasons in history where, uh, where certain kind of attributes of the fivefold might be heightened because they are um, they're lacking in some way, uh, or others have become dominant. But uh, but we really want to see it that a holistic church is one that is functioning at all five uh, of the fivefold ministry. So the prophetic function is tasked with maintaining an abiding loyalty and faithfulness to God above all. So essentially, prophets are guardians of the covenant relationship that God has with His people. The prophetic is also passionately concerned with living a life morally consistent with that covenant that we've made. A simple and authentic life of justice, holiness, and righteousness. The prophet proclaims God's holiness and calls for a corresponding holiness in his covenanted people. So the prophets have, a, a, have a, again, a, a, they're guardians of the covenant. Their, their primary focus is that we would stay connected to covenantal faithfulness to God. So God has made a covenant with us when we respond and we make a covenant with God that he would be our God and we would be his people, that we would be lovers of him, that we'd be faithful to him, that we'd be obedient to him. There is this covenantal uh, connection like a marriage. You know, Jesus has made this, uh, this connection with the church. He is the bridegroom and we are the bride of Christ. And so there is covenant um, in, in connection and and one of the prophet's role and we, we see this particularly uh carried through in the old testament the new testament ex new testament expression of the prophetic uh can often be focused around um kind of uh words of revelation so revelation gifts words of knowledge prophetic words all of those sorts of things and that is part of prophetic ministry um but it's 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 always revealing god and then calling people back to god as we trace the lives of prophets in the old testament that was often what would happen a prophet would rise up and then call the people who were maybe drifting off into idolatry uh, and just going kind of wayward in their in their thinking or their behaving and they would call them back to god whether it's kings even who were who were kind of getting off uh, off the path or, or going into kind of wrong uh, places or ideas or beliefs and the, the prophets would rise up and they would call them back into that covenant relationship with God, God being above all things, the highest and most important thing uh, in a person's life. So that's often the prophet's role, is just keeping the community of God focused in on remaining uh, connected to Him, faithful to Him, and prioritizing that covenant relationship, which is hugely important in the church. So the evangelist or the evangelistic function of the fivefold, the evangelist role involves the proclamation of the good news or the gospel uh, that is the core of the church's message. Evangelism is therefore all about the core message and its reception in the hearts of people and cultures. As such, the evangelist is the storyteller, the all-important recruiter to the cause, the naturally infectious person who is able to enlist people into what God is doing in and through the church. So remember, probably in, in modern times, we think of evangelists as being maybe that person out on the street, um, kind of, you know, accosting people with the gospel or, or, or a Billy Graham type kind of leading a crusade. 
Uh, it's important to understand that we, we are all called to proclaim the gospel, the good news, um, and, and understanding that the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom, uh, not just the gospel of personal salvation, that is a, a beautiful and wonderful thing, but this understanding that God's kingdom has been established on the earth through Christ in the same way that God's kingdom exists in heaven has now been established on the earth. And our job is then to go and proclaim that good news to the world. Jesus is victorious and he is inviting you to come and be part of his kingdom. But there is a, a, a function, a role of the evangelist to, to kind of keep that as the priority. Hey, we're not just becoming insular, kind of focused inward, but God's kingdom is expanding and the message that we have to share is good news to the world. Uh, so that's kind of part of the role of what the evangelist does in the fivefold. And again, helping us all to, to convey that message effectively to the world. And when we start to think about... Um, sharing the gospel with the world around us, maybe in our workplace, uh, in our neighborhood, maybe in our, our family with, uh, where there are people who are not followers of Jesus. Um, I think it's really important that we lean into creativity with Holy Spirit as to how we do that. Um, oftentimes, it, what we're trying to do is convince people intellectually that God is who He says He is. And, and that's important that we do come to a, a saving knowledge of Christ, that we come to a place of understanding. But uh, I think that the gospel can be and often should be shared in many subversive ways as well as kind of out there in, in your face kind of ways, you know, um, to, to share just the goodness of God with people to share God's love, to, to, to bless people, you know, to do that even tangibly, not just with our words, but also with our lives. As we love people, as we serve people, as we bless people, they get to experience the transformative impact of the kingdom of God. Even where in our own lives, if we, if we only understand God intellectually and we've had no real experiential change, then the kingdom still remains kind of foreign and, and outside of us. But the kingdom of God is a, is a tangible um, thing that we can experience in our lives. And so when we are proclaiming the gospel, as Jesus did, he spoke it out with words and then he demonstrated it with signs, wonders and miracles. And we want to make sure that we're doing both of those things. So the shepherd or shepherding function, this is the function and calling responsible for maintaining and developing healthy community and enriching relationships. This involves a commitment to form a saintly people, nurture spiritual maturity, maintain communal health, defend the community against breakdown, and engender loving community among the redeemed family of God. So again, we probably, when we think of the, that kind of pastoral or shepherding ministry. It's quite common. Uh, we probably have a, an idea in our head understanding what that is. Uh, I think one of, if we, when we think of pastoral or shepherding ministry, we pro it's probably helpful to not think about maybe what our experience or what the uh, kind of normative model or expression of that is in the church and understand, well, what did a shepherd do in, in, in the time of Jesus? Like, what was their role? Well, their role was to to protect the sheep, their role was to provide for the sheep in terms of, you know, green pastures, you know, places to, to, to kind of feast, to, to grow and to nurture. Uh, they cared for the health of them. They made sure that none of them got lost and, and kind of went wayward. Uh, so there was that kind of, they were, they were guarding the flock in a way. Um, but what I like to, to say is that, you know, shepherds are often um, seen as kind of very kind of kind and gentle and soft people. Uh, but a shepherd in, in Jesus' time uh, was, would have been needed to be a ferocious person because uh, there were wolves that wanted to come and devour the sheep. 
So I think that shepherds should be really gentle with the sheep, but actually really violent against the wolves. And so that kind of protective uh, kind of uh, mothering or fathering uh, dimension being there. And so maybe some of the expression of the pastoral that we see in, in modern church times is, is more passivity than pastoral, uh, that, that where there's not a lot of confrontation of, of, of sin or confrontation of people who are, who are causing chaos in a community. That needs to happen, and that's part of the role of the shepherding function. And so I think we need to, to see that kind of rise up and a right expression of what that shepherding function looks like, which is sometimes quite direct and, and quite um, confronting because it highly values the, the health of the community or even the health of an individual uh, and not just kind of letting people go and just kind of patting them on the back saying they're there, but actually getting involved uh, in the situation and the scenario and saying, hey, we're going we're gonna to stand for righteousness here. Uh, we're going we're gonna to stand to protect those who are, who are being impacted by another person's behavior. And so, uh, again, I think there's some reshaping that needs to happen there. And finally, the teacher or teaching function. So this one is concerned with the mediation and appropriation of wisdom and understanding. This is the naturally philosophical type that brings comprehensive understanding of the revelation that has been given to the church. It's a guiding and discerning function. In the biblical tradition, emphasis falls on wisdom and not simply on kind of speculative philosophy. So it is grounded in reality. It's not kind of high and lofty thoughts, but it's bringing it down to, to kind of ground level. What does this actually mean uh, practically as we live our lives? Teaching, of course, also involves integrating the intellectual and spiritual treasure of the community and encoding it in order to pass it on to others and the next generation. So again, teachers have a role of kind of uh, collating that information and, and packaging it in a way that's understandable, graspable, and also applicable in our lives. What we don't want is a whole lot of kind of philosophy and ideas and concepts that actually don't, they're not grounded in, a, in an actual kind of reality that we can live out. Even in the Great Commission, Jesus says, teach them to obey all that I've commanded. Really important that we don't see it as teach them all that I've commanded and miss out the obedience wow. point. So that is the point, is that we are to obey the commands of Christ. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. So as, a, as teachers and that teaching function, it's important that we're not just giving concepts, we're actually helping people to walk out the reality of those concepts. God is not a conceptual God, God is a real God, He is an, he is an ever-present God, and His desire is that the world would be changed by His people, by His church, uh, taking these kind of concepts that we find in Scripture and then actually applying them and working them out in our lives. So, we've got a good kind of overview of the fivefold. And now the question is, well, how does this impact our leadership in the context of, of the church family, but also in the context of the world everywhere that we find ourselves. Remember, we are disciples of Jesus 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So knowing how we are wired. So when we look at the firefold, you've got this these kind of five gift sets given to the church, and there will be leaders that will naturally be called to be the equippers of the body of Christ. But each one of us will have um, a, a measure of, one or some of those firefold in different kind of uh, levels in our own lives. So we might be kind of more prophetic and, and, and not as pastoral, or we might be highly evangelistic, um, but we're not really kind of have any of that apostolic dimension of Christ. Now, ultimately, we want to be 
holistic in our understanding of that and, and be formed into the likeness of Jesus. Remember, the expression of Christ is the goal, uh, but, in, but we will also uh, naturally carry one of those dimensions more or a few more than others. So we want to look at um, where are we strong so again, how we're wired by Jesus can reveal our strengths, so our unique expression of Christ that we have to bring to the world. So again, if, I, if I'm more apostolic, I get to shape the world that I'm, uh, that I'm living in apostolically. I get to impact that with that apostolic dimension. I might not impact it in the same way with the evangelistic. I still need to proclaim the gospel. I might not impact it in the same way with that kind of shepherding function. I'm still to to care for people and and love them, but I'm going to get to shape culture apostolically. There might be somebody else in, in, in my kind of sphere of influence who is highly pastoral, and then they get to shape the culture Uh, and their sphere of influence with that kind of pastoral dimension. So creating kind of healthy community connection, uh, creating, um, you know, increasing the values of care and love and concern, looking out for the one who is, uh, you know, who's sitting on their own, all of that sort of stuff. But if we can look at that in the church family context, that's really important. But we also need to start to think about, well, how does this actually impact the world? Because the culture of the kingdom is not just to be held inside the church. Uh, it's to be expressed out into the world in ways that uh, aren't necessarily overt, um, but they're just uh, like the leaven of the kingdom being woven into all aspects of culture. So knowing how we are wired in terms of the firefold helps to understand, okay, I, have these, I have this unique expression of Christ that I get to give to the world, but it also can reveal our weaknesses. So the areas we need to grow in order to express the fullness of Christ more. So again, the firefold is not a personality test. Uh, it is, it is a, a gifting from Jesus. It's a way that he has wired us all individually, but also wired certain ones to be equippers. Um, but the goal isn't then to say, well, I'm apostolic, so I don't need to be pastoral, or I'm prophetic, so I don't, I don't need to be evangelistic. That's not the point of it. Uh, the point is to, to identify, I might be highly prophetic, but I'm really lacking in the pastoral. So that's actually the place where I need to invest my time and energy to grow in because if I'm just being highly prophetic and I'm not being pastoral then I'm actually not reflecting Christ and I'm not being a, a real true prophet um, or I'm not actually being prophetic because if I'm lacking love you know as, as the Apostle Paul says you know in first Corinthians uh, that if I'm you know if I'm, I'm prophesying all this amazing stuff and I don't have love then I'm a you know clanging symbol I'm just making a noise but actually not bringing about the fullness of, of Christ Again, you might be highly prophetic, but you have you're not you have no way of being able to articulate yourself as a teacher. So you have all of these lofty concepts and and radical encounters with God, but when you talk to people, they have no idea what you're talking about. There's no way to kind of ground that. So it might be I need to grow in my in my in my teaching gift. Um, so again, understanding where we're gifted more, um, and also understanding where we're not gifted, we get to kind of boost up those other areas, which is really really important. So these things don't con- confine us. Uh, we are children of God. We are disciples of Jesus. We're, we're loved by God. That's, we have an identity in Christ, okay? And whatever your gifting is, is not part of your identity. That's part of your calling. That's part of your, your kind of wiring of, as to how you can express Christ. But it's important that we don't. And, and that's why, I mean, for us as a church, we don't need to label people. We might say this person's apostolic or this person's prophetic. We don't need to have a title before someone's name. Um, because that's that's not the point of it is to be identified as it is actually to be expressing it to the world.
So one of the greatest purposes of our lives is to reveal Christ to the world. If we're not growing up into maturity, which is Christ-likeness, which is all five of those, then we aren't revealing Jesus, and then we aren't really revealing His kingdom. So again, you take the fivefold being the full expression of Christ. If we're not growing in all of those, then we're not really expressing the fullness of Christ to the world, only part of Jesus. Again, it's like when you were, if you were to only express the righteousness of God uh, or the justice of God without the love of God and the mercy of God, you would get this imbalance in people's understanding of who God is. But we want the fullness of God to be revealed, which is the fullness of Christ. So our ministry to others is integrally linked to Christ's ministry in us. So we need to be transformed into his likeness in order to express his likeness to the world. Otherwise, it's hypocritical. So we need to understand God transforming me allows me then to go out and express the fullness of him to the world. So these fivefold gifts are for the body of Christ to equip everyone to be ministers on behalf of God. It's not just for the context of church family ministry, but for all ministry in every sphere. And again, really important that we understand that in the fivefold, um, if, if, you're a, if you're an equipper of people in that, so you have a ministry within the body of Christ is to equip people to be prophetic, your job isn't just to raise up prophets your job is to help everyone to be equipped to be prophetic to hear the voice of god to uh, proclaim the voice of god to remain uh, connected covenantally to god again if, if you're an evangelist and you have that kind of office of the evangelist uh, in the fivefold context your job isn't just to equip evangelists to evangelize your job is to equip everyone to carry the message of god to understand it and to be able to express it or even just to go out and do that yourself you will naturally express that dimension to the world. Um, but our role as equippers is to equip others to do that. And then if you're, if you're just a, a carrier of, of that, you might say, yeah, I'm just, I just I love uh, connecting with people and sharing the gospel with them. I just love building new relationships and, and doing all that sort of stuff. That's great, fantastic. My encouragement, take people with you. Help others who might not be as naturally gifted to, to kind of partner with you in that process and then learn as you go. And this is a really uh, another important kind of uh, dimension and it's a culture that we carry as a church is the, the importance of team. Uh, so the expression of all five is the fuller expression of Jesus. Um, and in a team context, it's really important that we value all five and not just fight for our own perspective. So I love, you know, Jesus could have said, just go and be like me. Um, I mean, he does in Scripture, but in particular in this, he, he, it's like Jesus takes himself as one and he splits himself into five. And then those five bring everyone into maturity, into oneness, into unity with Christ to express the fullness of him. Uh, but it, it naturally then bonds us together in this commitment to, to work together to see the fullest expression of Christ. No one person is going to carry the fullness of Christ or that perspective. I'm not sure, you know, we're all working towards that, but I think Jesus... Um, creates this kind of interdependent environment where we're all working together to see the fullness of Christ expressed. So again, Jesus is not one dimensional. We, we get to see and experience the beauty of Jesus in other people's expression of him. So I know for us as a church in a team leadership context, uh, which is what we have, we, are, um, we value the expression of Christ in each individual. 
I might bring my perspective on a scenario. So just say there's, a, there's, a, there's an issue that we need to solve. I might bring more of an, an apostolic or a, or a teaching perspective to that scenario. So I'm thinking, what do people need to know in this situation? And how is this going to impact things much broader than what's just going on in this situation? Uh, the, the, the shepherd function will, will bring in, okay, how are we going to care for the people so that we limit the, the negative impact of this or this is, gonna, is it going to blow up and impact many other people? How do we communicate well? How do we keep people safe on this journey? The prophet is going to come in with their perspective. So, okay, what is the Lord saying in this scenario? Or maybe what's happening kind of spiritually around us or, or where have we gone off track with God that's led us to this particular situation? So you're seeing then all of these other aspects and and parts of the firefighter coming in to bring kind of resolve but the ultimate resolve is what does Jesus want in this scenario so we never fight for our own perspective we, we bring our perspective um, but we're fighting for the fullest expression of Jesus and that his will would be done in every scenario so it's really important that we position ourselves to learn from those who represent other aspects of Christ we need to position ourselves that we're learning and receiving, we're valuing, hey, I might not be the most evangelistic person, but I know the value of, of, of the evangelist, and so I want to hear their voice and take their perspective on board. You might not be you know, highly pastoral or highly like a shepherd, um, and yet you value what they represent of Christ. You say, so I want to hear your voice, I want to hear your perspective, and I want to take that on board. Really, really important and, uh, and a healthy expression of Christ. And again, even non-Christians can express attributes of Jesus uh, because they're made in the image of God. And this helps us to encourage others in their strengths and also work with them in their weakness. But you can start to also uh, analyze and notice. You might notice people in your workplace who are kind of expressing, that they are the recruiter. Like they're always gathering people together. Hey, hey, let's go out and, uh, you know, go bowling on the weekend. They, they're constantly trying to kind of create community. You might get that person who's always aware. Hey, I noticed, um, you know, Joe's been seems really sad, you know, recently, and you know, so they're 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 expressing the image of God, really, the the nature of Christ in some way, in an unredeemed way, maybe, and they might be over responsible or, or whatever it is in their in their kind of shepherding um, aspect, but but you can start to notice, oh wow, there's there's even people in my workplace that are that are kind of expressing these things, and how can I use use that to help to shape the culture of heaven uh, in in my workplace, in my school, in my neighborhood, uh, wherever it might be. So the question I want to leave you with is, what would each of these five gift sets look like if they were expressed in the world or in your world? So not just in the church family. What, is, what would it look like for me to function apostolically in my neighborhood or take that shepherding perspective into my neighborhood? If I just think about the street that, that I live on and the neighbors that I have around me, what, what does it look like for the kingdom of God to come into that place and for me to not just be a, a, a spectator, but to actually be a leader? So if I was to take that shepherding function, how am I creating a culture of care amongst my community? Do I know my neighbor's names? <laughs> Do I know what's kind of going in? Am I, am I aware of that? Um, how, what am I doing to... Um, to shape the, the spiritual atmosphere of what's, of what's happening there? What am I doing to create connection between people? What opportunities am I creating to have conversations that bring some measure of revelation of the goodness of God to the world? 
this is how we need to start to think in order to see the kingdom of God come and, and impact the world like Jesus desires. We need to start thinking not just about what's happening in, in the church family context, but what's happening in every sphere of influence that I have, every area of interaction, and then start to apply that in, in your workplace, in your neighborhood, in your family context. And that's how we're going to see the fullness of Christ expressed. That's how we're going to see his kingdom come. So I bless you uh, this week as you go out and start to apply and wrestle with some of these ideas. And I really encourage you as well to even do a, a fivefold ministry test. So uh, Alan Hirsch has on the website 5Q, if you just Google that, they have a, a, a paid test that you can do. It's really great. Uh, you can also find uh, on fivefoldministry.com, there's a free test that you can do, which is just going to kind of give you an idea of where you sit in your strengths, but also maybe in your weaknesses, so you know this is how I'm more naturally wired, but these are the areas that I can grow and mature in. Get yourself around people that are different than you, that carry gift, different giftings in order that they can equip you and help you to grow so that you can mature in Christ and then be part of uh, revealing that fullest expression of Him to the world. Bless you.